Our scripture reading is taken from Matthew chapter 11, verses 25 to 30. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Good morning. My name is Samuel. I'm an intern at Christ City, and it's my joy to open up God's Word with you this morning. So here we are, the final Sunday of 2020. I'm not even supposed to be here. My family's supposed to be back in Singapore for my brother-in-law's wedding happening in a week's time. In fact, we haven't been able to go back to visit since we arrived in Vancouver in August of last year. And we have no idea when we'll be able to go back to visit or even be visited. And while that's been tough for us, that doesn't even compare with what some of you had to go through in this past season. Some of us have felt cripplingly isolated. Others have wanted nothing else than to get away from everything and everyone in the house. Fears over unemployment, worries about health, worries about our parents, grandparents, brothers and sisters, uncles and aunts, missing family and friends, feeling guilt over the fact that our family and friends miss us. For some of us, this was the first Christmas away from family. There are many words we'd use to describe 2020, but I don't think the word restful is one of them, which is why our passage for this morning is so important as we reflect on the year gone past and prepare ourselves for the year that is to come. What better passage to reflect on than our Saviour's promise for us to find rest for our souls? As we dig into our passage about spiritual rest, we'll be looking to answer three questions. What is spiritual rest? Who is it for? And how do we get it? What is spiritual rest? Who is it for? And how do we get it? So, to our first question, what is spiritual rest? Turn with me to our verses 28 and 29 again. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. The rest spoken about here is spiritual rest. Rest for your souls, Jesus says. It's not about the absence of activity, but rather the presence of peace, contentment, and security in God. So Jess and I, we have two boys, and I was there for both their births. And I don't know how it is with other kids, but my boys did not seem pleased to be out in the real world. From the moment they came out, they were screaming while I cut their umbilical cords, still screaming while they were being weighed and cleaned and suctioned and whatever else the nurse does in the corner of that room, still screaming. But then something magical happens. You put them on your mother's chest for the first time and the screaming stops. The screaming stops because of the security of their mother's warmth, the reassuring sound of a familiar heartbeat. They're at rest, completely at rest in the peace 
contentment and security of being in the arms of the only one who matters. And in that moment, they just know that everything's going to be okay. Now, I can assure you that the silence doesn't last, but I think that's a glimpse of the rest that Jesus promises for our souls, where our souls are at rest in peace, contentment, and security, knowing that everything's going to be okay because we're in the arms of the only one who matters, whose embrace our souls were created for. So, who is this spiritual rest for? It's for everyone and anyone who's laboring under the burden of maintaining an identity apart from God. Look at verse 28 of our passage. Jesus is calling all who labor and are heavy laden. When we look at the context of this passage in Matthew, we see that Jesus is calling all those who are under the yoke of the law. The yoke is, was what they hitched on to animals to pull a load. And Jesus is using this metaphor to describe the burden of someone who's carrying the load of the never-ending list of do's and don'ts they had to follow to maintain their Jewish identity. If they wanted to be Jewish, if they wanted to maintain their identity as a special race chosen by God, then they had to abide by the rules. We learn more about the burden of these rules later on in 23 verse 4 of Matthew. Jesus describes the scribes and Pharisees as tying up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and laying them on people's shoulders. You see, the religious leaders were putting on the shoulders of the people huge loads that were too heavy to carry. Not just rules, but rules about the rules. And then rules about the rules about the rules. And Jesus says that this heavy burden, this yoke of rule-keeping to maintain their Jewish identity, of laboring to keep rule after rule after rule, was leaving them weary and heavy laden. And even though most of us aren't Jews following religious rules to maintain our identity, aren't we all weary and heavy laden? Don't we all burden ourselves with the yoke of rules that we base our identity on? For myself, two idols that I struggle with are the idols of performance and affirmation from others. I want to be the guy who's the overachiever, always productive, who everyone else thinks well of. And actually, it's good, in fact, biblical, to want to do well and be in good standing with others. But the problem is when, when these good things become idols, that become part of my identity, I end up creating for myself a yoke of rules to, for myself to feed these idols and maintain my identity. Like my GPA at school, my salary at work, the number of hours I work, how well things are going on at home. Maybe your idols are different, built around another identity, being the popular one, the beautiful one, the clever one, the friendly one, the fun one, the confident one, the one who always has it together, the one who doesn't care what other people think. The point here is that whatever the identity, any identity outside of Christ burdens us with a yoke of rules that will leave our souls burdened and heavy laden because that's just not what we were created for. There's no denying that often at first, there's the thrill of managing to keep the rules and having that identity that we crave. But then over time, we begin to feel the yoke, the, of that, the, yoke, the burden of that yoke. Constantly trying to maintain or upgrade our identity, comparing ourselves with others. And then something like COVID comes along and now that burden is that much heavier. As we try to maintain that identity while struggling with the extra weight of restrictions and worries and isolation. 
The point is that Jesus' invitation to spiritual rest is an invitation to all of us because outside of Christ, we are all burdened and heavy laden. We are all in a fruitless quest for peace, contentment, and security. So, how do we get this spiritual rest? Well, what do you do to try to get rest? Many of us like to go on holiday. And people have been so desperate for holiday that they've been buying tickets for cruises and flights to nowhere. If you don't know what that is, it's exactly how it sounds. You buy a ticket, go through security, wait at the gate, board the cruise or aircraft, depart, go around in a loop, and then arrive right back where you started. Jesus teaches us that trying to escape from reality isn't rest. Because there's another way. Jesus teaches us that we receive spiritual rest from our relationship with Him by relying on His revelation. We receive spiritual rest from our relationship with Christ by relying on His revelation. And for the remainder of our time, we'll be unpacking the two keys to spiritual rest, relationship and revelation. First, relationship. We receive spiritual rest from our relationship with Christ. There's been a growing tendency for people to identify themselves as being spiritual, but not religious. One prominent atheist has even written a book about searching for spirituality apart from religion. Jesus teaches us in our passage that that's impossible. We can't separate spirituality from God. Spiritual rest is not something we achieve or discover for ourselves. It's something we receive from Christ in our relationship with Him. Look with me at our passage again. Our whole passage is built on relational language. Verses 25 to 27 is the relational language between father and son as Jesus directly addresses his father. And then when Jesus addresses all of us in verse 28, he's inviting all of us to a relationship with him. Look at verse 28. Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You see, Christ city, we can't search for spiritual rest apart from God. We can't cut Christ out of our quest for rest because it's precisely from Christ that we receive rest for our souls. Rest isn't something that we can work or earn. It's something we can receive from Christ as a gift of grace because of His finished work on the cross on our behalf. But, as some of you may have noticed in our passage already, our relationship with Christ is not a relationship where we can do whatever we want. There are rules in this relationship just as there are rules in any relationship that wants to flourish. Parent, child, husband, wife, teacher, student, between friends, classmates, colleagues, all relationships need rules to flourish. And so what are the rules for our relationship with Christ? Verse 28, we need to go to Him. Verse 29, we take His yoke upon ourselves and we learn from Him. To take Christ's yoke means to live in submission under His authority. Learning from Him being, means being His disciple, not just learning head knowledge, but modeling our whole lives after Christ's teaching and example. In a world that tends to reject authority and idolize individual freedom, this is radically countercultural. Jesus is saying that the path to spiritual rest is not following my own heart, but following our Savior. Scholar Jonathan Pennington describes our submission to Christ as like the feathers on the bird. 
They do weigh something, but it's the feathers that enable them to fly. You see, Christ City, what this teaches us is that we were created for a yoke. And so if we don't put on Christ's yoke, we'll end up with another yoke. If we don't put on Christ's easy yoke and light burden, we're going to go through life weary and heavy laden by yokes that we were not created to bear. In a post-Christian world, people might say, that sounds good in theory, but in reality, religion has left me more broken and weary and heavy laden than ever before. And if this is you, could I please say that I'm sorry for what happened to you. And that's not how it's supposed to be. If you're angry at God for giving you a suffocating burden of legalism, know that Jesus' fiercest anger in the gospel was directed at the very ones who suffocated his sheep with a burden that they were not able to carry. One way that this happens and religion leaves us weary and heavy laden is when we see the rules only rather than the beauty of the one we are in relationship with. As a parent, rather than just giving my sons rules to obey, I need to focus on capturing their hearts so that they would want to submit to Christ out of love for Him. As a church, we need to be showing how beautiful Christ is so that all of us would want nothing more than to submit to Him and learn from Him. Many who grew up in the church, including friends of my own, have left church broken and weary and disillusioned, partly because we as a church have often done a terrible job of showing how beautiful Christ really is, while often throwing in a bunch of rules that just aren't there. This isn't to say that there aren't sacrifices to be made in following Christ. Submission means sacrifice, sometimes painful sacrifice. But joyful submission can only come when we love the one we're submitting to. Because we aren't following the demands of a dictator, we're submitting to a saviour. A saviour who is gentle and lowly, who sacrificed himself for us so that we may enjoy his rest. Look at me at how Jesus describes himself in verse 29. He says, he's gentle and lowly in heart. Christ's heart, his essence, who he is, is gentle and lowly. The description, lowly in heart, was a description at the time used mostly to negatively describe humiliation and shame. Let alone the self-description of the God who created the universe and all that is in it. In a world full of self-promotion at the expense of others, pride instead of humility, full of harsh and unkind speech, the beauty of our Saviour whose essence is self-sacrifice who describe himself as being gentle and lowly, this Saviour ought to shine brightest and most attractive in the darkness of this world. You see, Christ City, when we see how beautiful Christ is, when we've tasted of his goodness, our Saviour who gave up his life for us so that we may have the peace, contentment and security of his eternal rest, we would want nothing more than to put ourselves under his loving Lordship and follow in his footsteps. So we receive spiritual rest from our relationship with our gentle and lowly Saviour, taking on his light yoke and easy burden. The way we enter this relationship is by relying on his revelation. I had a friend who graduated from an Ivy League college with a perfect GPA. The whole three years with perfect grades. And when I was asking him about it, he was telling me how difficult and burdensome it became, especially in the final year when he knew that one slip up and he would lose perfection forever 
and knowing that he had no one to rely on except himself. Isn't that how we feel about our relationship with God sometimes? Perhaps even all the time. Whether it's to earn or maintain our relationship with God, sometimes we feel like we're on a treadmill of rule-keeping that we can't keep up with. But that's not how it's supposed to be. Because we receive our spiritual rest from our relationship with Christ by completely relying on His revelation. We take on Christ's yoke in response to our relationship, not in order to earn or to keep it. Look with me at verses 25 to 27 again. Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son. And no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Revelation is at the heart of our relationship with God. No amount of studying or intelligence or rule-keeping will establish a relationship with God for us. We are utterly reliant on God's self-revelation through Christ, and therein lies the key to our spiritual rest. It's not about holidays or sabbaticals or meditation. It's about completely resting in Christ's revelation and finished work on the cross, submitting to His loving Lordship over our lives. Another word for that is faith. We don't submit to Christ in order to have a relationship with Him. We respond to His revelation by putting our faith in Him, by embracing a relationship of complete dependence and submission to our gentle and lowly Saviour. Has this season left you weary and heavy laden, empty and feeling like you've got nothing else to give? This morning, behold our gentle and lowly Saviour who calls you to go to Him like a newborn in your Father's arms with nothing to give but complete dependence on Him to take up His easy yoke and light burden, to receive from Him rest for your soul, the peace, contentment and security of being in the arms of the only one who matters, resting assured in the knowledge that everything's going to be okay. Because our rest rests in Christ. If you gather with your house church on Zoom, it's time to get ready for communion. Communion is to be celebrated in community together with fellow followers who've put their faith in Christ, submitting to His loving Lordship over their lives and receiving His rest. The bread and the wine we take together are a picture of Christ's body that was broken, His blood that was shed so that we could have a relationship with Him. So if you're not in a house church, we'd love to connect you with one so that you could have a community to take communion with together. If you're not a follower of Christ, if you don't have a relationship with Him, then communion is not for you. Well, not yet. Maybe today is the day that you put your faith in Christ, taking up His easy yoke and light burden and finding and receiving from Him rest for your soul. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word. Even though it's hard to say it, we thank you for the year that we've had. And we thank you for the year that is to come. And we pray that this word would sink deep into our hearts, that we would find the rest that you promised for our souls. 
by resting in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.